So a couple weekends ago, we got to hang out with Tammy and Paco from Seattle Distilling. They're out in Bastion Island. Um, is a lot of fun. I mean, we've actually never, I'd never been out to Bastion Island. Yeah. I've lived here my whole life and, and have heard about Bastion Island and never actually gone out there. And yeah. it was, I'm looking forward to going back out. Yeah. Not just for Seattle Distilling, but to go check out the rest of the island. Yeah, it was actually funny. Um, you know, Seattle Distilling does a lot of business. You know, they're they're in Total Wine. Um, I've, I've seen them around uh, there, and um, I think they're in Hagen's and, and places like that. Um, and so they're kind of, a, I think, turning into a Vashon Island staple. Um, but uh, we found out some interesting things when we were researching Vashon mm-hmm. Island. Yeah. Um, we want to usually, we like to understand the distilleries and the areas that they're that they're in. Yeah, they had. I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but uh, they they actually had a uh, priest that was running for president on the prohibition ticket, not in the twenties and thirties, <laughs> in like the nineties, two thousands, and uh, so I mean, yeah, that's that's the kind of uniqueness you'll find out on Vashon Island. Um, and there's still Paco Tammy pointed out there's still uh, you know wood carvings from that priest that are out there, so. I'm not sure what he would have thought about it's them. An interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we really are glad they're out there. Yeah. That he didn't shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they have whiskey, they have gin, vodka, coffee liqueur, coffee. Oh, yeah, can't forget the coffee liqueur. Yeah, um, they have beautiful handmade stills that Paco has made. They've actually purposely had a patina put on them. Mm-hmm. So they're really beautiful stills. But actually in a very small area. I mean, it's a yeah. pretty small um, distillery mm-hmm. in size. Their spirits really are, I think, they stack up against any other you know, Washington State distillery. Absolutely. So we had a blast with them and mm-hmm. actually had to get the mic set up before we started talking too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, this is a note for future distillers. They are our favorite podcast we've ever done because they gave us cookies. Yes, they had some really good cookies. They gave us cookies. From a bakery there on the island. Yeah, and uh, they were like ginger or something. They were really tasty. Yeah. Tammy is responsible for that. So if you go into Seattle Stilling, I can't promise that they'll have cookies for you, but... They'll point you to the right bakery. Yeah, they'll point you to the right bakery. And actually the right restaurant because they pointed out places for us to eat. Well, and their coffee comes right next door from a coffee roaster. Yeah. A couple of things that really stuck out to me about what Paco and Tammy are doing is that they know not only where their products are coming from, but they're they're also being intentional about where they're going. So, you know, they have farms on the island, say that they get something from. They're then sending their spent grain to people who want to feed them to their to their cattle or their, or their pigs. Yeah, renewable like and sustainable. I mean, a lot of distillers, I think, aim to be that, but um, mm-hmm. I think that they're a pretty good yeah. um, example or benchmark of that. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's part of their desire, wherever their location would be. But that's, you know, by design of the island, you know, it keeps, it keeps uh, people wanting it's, to. It's hard to get stuff on, yeah. on the island and yeah. um, hard to get stuff off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we almost didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be because we missed the ferry. That might have been. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, um, they do bottling parties. And actually, we're hoping to get out there with a group of people, too. So if you can... Intent. Uh, so if we have one of those set up, we'll be posting on our Instagram about that and hopefully get some of you, our followers and listeners, to come out with us. So sit back, pour yourself a glass of your favorite locally made spirit, and enjoy our interview with Seattle Distillery. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I've been in the the beverage world uh, at a hobby level for about 20 years. Started off making beer and wine. You know, whenever you make beer and wine, you know, sometimes you'll get 
uh, a batch that just doesn't fit the bill. And I uh, kind of put two and two together. My uh, mom's family is from Butte, Montana, and I'd heard about some of the different uncles um, <laughs> building, you know, stills to make different things out of. And, um, and uh, so <laughs> I... Uh, I, I took one of my uncles and we went down and, and uh, to Eagle Hardware and, and made my first still to, to do distilled water. Um, <laughs> but the uh, best? yeah, but the story that, that kind of uh, caught my imagination too was hearing at, at one point in their distillation career, uh, these high school boys in, in Butte, Montana, they were making uh, alcohol out of lawn clippings. <laughs> and uh, they didn't say it was very good, and they uh, and and how many times they've tried, but uh, you know, just a fascination with all things fermented, and and, and uh, one of them uh, also you know told me that uh, better living through chemistry, uh-huh. but uh, it's just a great way of of taking local ingredients and putting them together into something that you can find enjoyable. And so yeah, it's uh, kind of progressed through the hobby stages, and you know, about six years ago when the laws started. Uh, changing as far as you know uh, getting into the distilling world um, we decided to kind of take the uh, the hobby to the next level and uh, how'd that conversation go Paco always comes home with ideas uh-huh. so that was nothing new you know <laughs> he wanted for a while to ha- buy a barge that he was gonna <laughs> get a lot of barge ideas uh-huh. but when he came home and said hey let's come out of the basement and do this for real. I was like, yes, let's uh-huh. do it. I mean, it was... So why not combine those? You just have the distillery on a barge. Hey. And then you could go where the need is. Yes. There you go. Yeah, Move there's something the, about having a, a physical location uh, <laughs> with the permit. Um, so we'll work on that, though. I, I think that's a great idea. And, uh, well, and the reason why, you know, we were looking into a barge is we're here on Vashon Island. And uh, you're, you're leaving the island, so it always takes a little bit of time. And, and especially for me in my commutes, I was driving to Marysville. So I was in the car two hours each way. So I did have lots of thinking time. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, of, of, an, uh, of a way to have um, a business on Vashon. Um, and I love the idea of ingredients and, you know, the agricultural world here is fantastic. Just, you know, how can, how can we kind of integrate into this whole network that's here and, and um, yeah, we're the, uh, the first licensed distillery on Vashon <laughs> and uh, I think uh, it's been a lot of fun. We timed it um, just by accident that uh, we came into full production right after the switchover from the state-run system uh, to the, the system that we have today. So we didn't have to make a lot of product and then when the state stopped buying, um, sit on it for a while. So we've always kind of been in this environment, and mm-hmm. that worked out really well. Yeah. It worked. So those things yeah. that just work so well, you can't even plan them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and you know, for better and worse, uh, we're working on changing how the permits and, and the businesses are being run uh, today. So uh, we're down in Olympia and, and ex- explaining and talking uh, to everybody down there of you know the benefits of having small. Uh, local uh, distilling businesses and that what supports they, local agriculture that they support local agriculture here in Washington and we've got fantastic grains fantastic fruits and uh, all the different things that you can do with those besides just eating them um, some of the best long clippings I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> primo the best yeah. Yeah. oh man well that, that's something that in researching you guys and, and talking to you that I really like is you guys are very neighborly. I mean, I think it comes with being on the island. 
you guys have to get along. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you found a good way to do that. You know, this island is really good at collaborating. Um, my dad grew up here, and I grew up visiting my grandparents who lived out here. And then Paco and I moved out to the island about 12 years ago now, I think. Um, and we were really excited to figure out something some way to engage with all that's happening here. So when we opened up the distillery, it was really a natural a natural next step to partner with everybody around us. We have, for our gin, we have lavender, which is grown at Lavender Sisters Farm here on the island. The coriander is grown at Hog's Back. Uh, we're working on getting elderberry and hazelnuts grown here on the island. Um, our coffee liqueur, which is our most metaled, our first gold medal spirit, we use coffee roasted right next door at the historic Fashion Island Coffee Roastery, where Seattle's best started. Uh, same roaster there today. They make really, really good coffee um, in really sustainable ways. So we use their Orca blend. Uh, we cold brew it and add a little bit of brown sugar and a lot of vodka to make our coffee liqueur. Um, right, and, and you know, back to the gin too. So we're sourcing some of the ingredients here on the island. Um, but with the same roaster, they do bulk spices and they've reached out to different farms all over the country and world for, for different things that uh, the ingredients we can't grow here, she's able to replicate in those areas too of small farms and when to pick it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best time to pick it, what quantities and things and like that. And all medicinal grade stuff. And mm. so originally um, our partner at the time, Ishan, was working on the gin recipe and he we, he was went over to have a cup of coffee and he was kind of like, oh, I'm just not loving the gin. It's not, I'm not getting what I wanted. And Eva said, well, what what a... Uh, juniper are you using and he said I'm ordering it through this brew house and she was like no 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 let me get you the good stuff medicinal grade and as soon as that bag came in and we opened it up the whole room filled with the smell we were like oh this is so different so using these botanicals that she's sourcing for us has changed that gin I mean it took this gin from like a fine not particularly noteworthy gin to a whoa like this is like aromatic amazing stuff um and medicinal grade so you can call it medicine if you want to i do and that's how gin started right you exactly <laughs> you get your tonic yeah. Yeah. your good kena tonic made locally with the real the right in there. Yeah. that's right yeah. yeah and uh you know it's just you know it comes down to communication you're talking to your uh your growers you're talking to the people that are getting your ingredients um that you're bringing more people into uh into the production and um, you just can't help but make a, a better product. Our wine barrels that we use to age the whiskey uh, come come from the Andrew Will Winery here on the island which is one of the best wines in the world, top 100 wine every every year they make that list on, in Wine Spectator and it's an old whiskey maker's trick to use a wine barrel to add a little complexity to a younger a younger whiskey and it's working out really great. We open them up we char them, recouper, and in goes the whiskey, and it picks up just a little bit of color and a little bit of depth from that mm-hmm. wine that's been soaking in that oak. So you guys not only are, are sourcing your products here, but then when, when you're done with your products, they're not going very far from here either, and you're not just dumping them out in the back lot. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, you're right. You're to take them down to the farm. and Yeah, the waste yeah. stream yeah. is it's pretty great. We have um, Pink Tractor Farm is right behind us. A lot of our... Um, water, wastewater goes to irrigate their 
fields um, are spent grain. Much of it goes to them as well and to other farmers on the island raising pigs and ducks and chickens and cows. Yeah, and, and even besides the ingredients, both at the beginning with the farm and at the end with the farm, um, we went and decided to build our own equipment here that we were able to reach out to our artisan community too to help us with the welding. Um, my, my buddy moved to the island, John Kuzma, and he helped us with the patina work on all the copper works that we built. Um, that we're able just to tie into so many different resources that are on the island. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you guys have done a great job of it here. I mean, I, you, you get the feel right as you pull in and you see it on the side and, you know, it's just, it ties into everything well. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Would you Oh, um, so I've never been to Bastion Island before. Mm-hmm. And the only two men I've seen have excellent facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a requirement to live on Bastion Island to have a, a beard? <laughs> They almost didn't let you on the boat until they had confirmation that you had. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we got to the front. I yeah, didn't they were like, "Come on in, young men." Yeah, it's strongly encouraged. Okay. Let's put it that way. Well, and, with and, the women too. Yeah, with the women too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. <laughs> well, I mean, Doug really is just itching to know about the bus. The bus. Yeah. yeah. We, we drove ours here today, or mine. Oh, oh cool. I didn't see it. I, I often come out and check it out. Yeah, um, yeah ours is '73, yeah. and uh, when I was growing up, I that's all I had was Volkswagens. My first was a '66 Bug, and then I had a Squareback, and then a '66 Bus too that I I cry not having anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we we decided uh, that we wanted something to kind of show off, you know, that uh, that we're a, a fun. Uh, funky distillery. Um, we actually don't do a lot of uh, deliveries in we them anymore. We, would, we really bought it thinking that would be our delivery truck. And it was a great we have a tire yeah, I think that was it. Or maybe they just told me that. The yeah. guys were like, we're going to use it for deliveries. Yeah. We but, need it. But it is. It's a fantastic vehicle. Um, I know how to work on every aspect of it. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a real eye opener. You know, people drive by and they're, you know, they're like, yay, and they'll honk and um, it's our movable billboard. It's a movable yeah. billboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, movement. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to say something. No? Um, <laughs> I'm queuing you. No, okay. What year is yours? 78. Oh, nice. So, which actually, I didn't know, uh, serendipitous, the, I think the engine that's in that is the best engine that they ever made. It's air-cooled. Yeah. So it's a fuel-injected 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got power. So, yeah, no, we went, we went like 80 <laughs> on the way down that five. <laughs> Boom. That was after we got hit by a semi truck and it just freaked off the front. Uh huh. So, so that was what you were going to use for delivery. What do what you, do you guys self distribute or do you have a distributor? Well, obviously you have a distributor because you're in a couple different states we, now. We do. Um, yeah, so we are in the, the full state of Washington and uh, Omaha, Nebraska, if you get out there. Um, th- though this year we are looking to expand in a couple other states. Um, especially we'd love to get into California so I don't have to bring it on the plane anymore for my mom and dad (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah so that'll be an exciting uh, point for us Um, and part of it too is you know as a distillery our size uh, the state of Washington really uh, we're the highest tax state uh, in in the spirits uh, world that um, it's it's a challenge for a distillery our size to, um, you know, when, when 
the, the money is taken out of your bottom line there um, as far as hiring new employees or paying yourself a uh, living wage. Uh, we're working on that. A wage. <laughs> <laughs> living or otherwise. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, um, you know, we're, uh, it, it is a challenge. And so, yeah, working with other states will help us um, get to be a more sustainable uh, level. Um, we got into Omaha because a woman was vacationing and she just was decided to, she was driving south. She decided to drive through, you know, ferry over to Vashon on her way south. And she dropped in, just pulled in and had a taste and fell in love with our spirits. And her dear friend is a distributor of spirits in Omaha. And she was like, you got to bring these guys to Omaha. So um, Julie of Quality Brands of Omaha called us and was like, I'm bringing you to Omaha. And we wanted to get out of state. We were like, this might be perfect, you know, a little smallish territory and see how it goes. And she's amazing. And Omaha is, is a totally great. cool food town, which I wow. never would have expected. Yeah. I had some really great cocktails in Omaha. Wow. Um, so Thanks, Julie, for that. Thank That's you, great. Julie. <laughs> we need more Julies in the yes, world. Yes, <laughs> we do. Yeah, so we just we just signed on with Noble here in Washington State, okay. which we're really excited to be with them. They're a great distributor. Good. Where can uh, people find you in stores? Uh, Total Wine and More. We just got into Albertsons, uh, Safeway. We're in quite a few QFCs, a handful of Whole Foods and PCCs, okay. and then the independent liquor stores for sure. Many, most of them have us. Right, and and the other beauty is our distributor goes all over Washington, so. If there's a store that doesn't carry us right now, yeah. demand it from them and they can get it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. that's right. Um, very so, so which of your spirits would you would you say somebody should start with? Oh, <laughs> God, that's hard. Because that's not a tough question. And which one of your children is your favorite? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> They're not easy, right? It depends on the day. <laughs> I think the, the sort of like gateway spirit, if you will, for us is the coffee liqueur. I have a lot of people who come in and say, you know, I'm not really a liquor drinker, but they taste the coffee liqueur and they're like, oh, but this I could drink all day. Um, so I think that that is one that sort of opens opens the door for people who think that, that, that spirits really aren't their thing. That said, the gin is pretty unusual and really nice, was voted Washington's best by the gin society. Um, the vodka, I... I'm particularly proud of the vodka because I never knew vodka could be tasty before we started making it um, and that it's got this nice creamy buttery texture and it, it's got a lot of character. You can taste this good Washington wheat. I just think that's really unusual and special. What do you think? Well, right. You know, all of our different products are, are just fantastic. And so... I'm going to hide behind one of the well, one of the awards that we've won two years in a row, and that's um, the best distillery in Western Washington with Evening Magazine. There you so go. two years in a row, you know, um, it, so it doesn't matter what product you're trying, you're going to <laughs> you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But what is that that you, you think that? Because I, mean, I hear that from so many people, you know, people talking about your distillery, your products, and, and in general across you know all the little craft little places you can go. People that don't drink usually or don't like, you know, gin. You know, yeah. They don't like gin or they don't like whiskeys or bourbon. Mm -hmm. or, you know, or they would go, okay, I've only ever had a whiskey mixed and I mm -hmm. don't want to try something straight or on the rocks. You know, what is it about the craft distillery that is is actually making people change their minds and go, I, would, I don't like gin, but this is amazing. Yeah. I think it's a couple things that make 
what we do different um, than the big the big mass produced stuff. One is the method. Um, so those of us who are doing full grain to glass spirits, you know, we're starting with a food product and turning it into a spirit. When you do it that way, you get to start with some something that's really high quality. You know where it came from. You know how it was grown. You you get you get to take that quality through. It's just like making you know a, a red sauce at home. If you use really good homegrown tomatoes, like how much better is that than a can? Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother thing. I mean, it, it's almost not even comparable. And craft spirits are like that. You know, you get to start with a really good a really good ingredient that came from somebody's farm. Somebody grew this. And then the method we use is pretty unusual in the big picture of how spirits are made these days. You know, we make it in small batches. Um, most spirits are made in an industrial setting with a continuous batch, you know, the stills running and running and running. When you do a small batch, a batch has a beginning and a middle and an end. You know, you've got your heads. That's the first thing that comes out of the still and your heart's and your tails and the hearts that middle stuff that's the best that's really all you want to drink so when you do it in a small batch like we do you just cut out the heads you cut out the tails the best of the best the hearts of the hearts go in that bottle so we don't have to filter it out we don't have to filter out that junk in the beginning those heads that are full of congeners that are full of fusel oils and methyl alcohols things that make you feel terrible the next day that's why i didn't like to drink spirits before because i don't like that feeling in my joints and my head if you drink grain to glass, small batch stuff, most of that is gone and you can, you feel good because there's something clean that somebody made. And I think it makes all the difference in the taste and the way your body processes it. So what do you mean by small, small batch? So Jack Daniels has small batch runs. Right. So what do you mean um, like, like in gallons or? Tiny. <laughs> How many gallons are a batch for us? Well, uh, our batches are 320 gallon, which for our size into the still, into the still. So, so what's coming Correct. out is much less than that. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, you know, it's just um, it, a lot of times it'll it'll depend on what product you're trying to make, um, and if you're going for classical production methods, um, what size or type of still. When we uh, went ahead and built our own equipment here, we. We're kind of scrappy, um, but we had big ambitions and we wanted to make a lot of different things. Um, and so when we designed this, we built it uh, that we could grow into it. Um, and so that, that's been a real help um, for, for us. Um, you know, the nice thing about building your own still is that it's one of a kind. And, and uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that, uh, and many people have... Um, uh, commented uh, in the affirmative, but uh, just how smooth our spirits are. And, and a lot of it is your ingredients, but um, some of it too, it, it comes from your still. And when it's one of a kind, it's a, it's a unique product. There's might, you know, our, our fingerprints are all over it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Let me just say that I, um, myself and Amanda, the, the, our other partners that we were with at the time, she and I were just crossing our fingers that these guys knew what they were doing that the stuff they had made in small scale in this huge scale with all these thousands of dollars worth of copper was going to work we were like please (laughs) please let them be right and they were right they designed and built a really good still the first stuff that came out of it we all sat around like with bated breath and took a little sip we were like you did it it totally works this is so good it was very exciting oh no kidding better than your barge ideas 
Yeah. To be determined. <laughs> Holding out the barge. That, that's the spirit right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but, but, you know, uh, we hear about different places that are aging barrels on barges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the beauty of that is you do get this gentle motion that kind of keeps rocking and uh, increases the influence of the spirit to the wood um, and kind of back and forth. So who knows? Maybe the Puget Sound is ready for some some mm-hmm. barges out there for, there the, for the whiskey. Uh, the Rick House on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Or this idea is for free. You can put a whole platform on your thing that just <laughs> rotates. Yeah. They've already, do, already doing that. <laughs> or, or maybe it could be like a playground for kids so that when they're like jumping yes. on it, yes. it kind of. Ooh, that actually is a really good idea. Self motion. Yeah, you guys need a teeter Made by out kids. There. <laughs> for kids with a barrel in the middle. Oh my God. <laughs> a teeter top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the meantime, I just go out and have Although that make barrels. a great commercial. You could be like, how do we age our whiskey? We have, I'll right. show you how. We, have, so I know a kid we actually have a picture up. of a four-year-old Johnny sitting on a whiskey barrel going like this. Yeah. I got a little bit of flack for that photo, yeah. actually. So, uh, oh, did you? I did. Uh, <laughs> People, you know. But like, why is it any different than, yeah. like, than anything else? It's, our, it's a family tradition. My grandparents owned a tavern. The Cherry Tree Inn in Seattle, and my mom, as a little unattended kid in the 40s and 50s, would go up and knock on the window till somebody brought her some peanuts, and then she'd go away. But yeah, we uh, have a long history of ignoring our children while we deal with booze. That's one of the cool things about all these little distilleries we get to go visit is that they have that kind of character and a lot of it is very family and mm-hmm. I mean I think I said before we you know we're at one where the guys friends were all hanging out while we were yeah. doing the podcast and stuff like yeah. that and so it, you know it's it's more like going around the corner to see your neighbor at work yeah. than it yep. is to you know go and, and see somebody I mean you guys are busy and you're doing things but you're also able to talk with your with your fans yeah and, yeah. and uh, you know they can walk in and see what you're doing at the time Definitely. yeah fans and community yeah yep. you know, they're all out there with us too and um, well and that's that's why we won king fives you know best spirits yeah. in western washington two years in a row there's no way we have more fans than woodenville <laughs> you know there's no way but we're we're the hometown mm-hmm. spirit on this little island and we have this built-in what, like nine, cheering squad. Automatic 9,000 votes. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yes. Or whatever yeah, the number is. 10,000 yeah. people in the yep. yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's, we, didn't, we didn't think about that piece of being, you know, starting a business here on the island when we started. We wanted to be home. We mm-hmm. wanted to be near our kids, and we wanted to be here and not commuting. But Two hours to Marysville. Yeah, right. the yeah. benefit yeah. Of, <laughs> of having your instant fans right here with you, supporting you all the way is... So cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, another idea I had, I had uh, on my commute, um, and this is after the distillery started, we've got a, a problem with raccoons on the island that uh, can you distill raccoons <laughs> and or can you start up a clothing line too? <laughs> you know, like, yes. You can do like a raccoon koozie for your... You know. <laughs> Actually, if you made it, I would buy it from you. <laughs> All right. Well, no, 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 you can have like private reserve, and you only have like five bottles, and they all come with like a raccoon yakuzi. Well, there was that, or that beer. Hat. You remember that beer that came out a couple years ago that was where they put the bottle inside of a squirrel? 
Yeah. Ew. <laughs> you, know, you know, I think you got your drug of whiskey inside yeah. a raccoon. You yeah. do that. You know. I mean, they were selling for like thousands of dollars. So. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let that be the product that you use your beard yeast for, too. Oh. Really get all the gross. <laughs> your what now? There's a brewery yeah. that uses uh, the brewer's beard yeast as the yeast for their beer. I haven't heard of beard yeast. Oh, I'm sure you've got some. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you don't. I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. That's disgusting. It's, it's like a lambic uh, sort of. Something like that, right? <laughs> How would you harvest that? You like comb into the, into the mat? I think you actually have to swish it. <laughs> wow. Like just take a shower and then. Uh, yeah. There's some ideas that just shouldn't be had. That's really true. Right. We'll shelve that one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Why should people care about craft? When we have drinks that are at good prices, they're made corporately. Mm. Well, it's right up there with uh, caring for your food or caring for anything, you know, the clothes that you wear. If you know the backstory of it, um, where the ingredients are coming from, how it's connecting to your communities, your local communities specifically. You know, we're a global world, but we're still living locally. Mm. And... Um, you know, uh, if you're if you're spending nine bucks for a bottle of alcohol, chances are it's not made near you. Um, it, uh, you know, it helps Washington at a certain level um, as far as you know some of the economic activity. But if you can go out and buy a product that helps the local farm, that hires the local people to produce it um, in your shop, and then uh, ties in with your restaurants and. And, uh, you know, the restaurants uh, typically are um, caring for their ingredients uh, the same way that you are, too. And so they really go together and you can get some great synergies that by reaching out as a, as a community, um, it really does uh, knit, knit everything together. And, and uh, it's much more sustainable, for I, sure. I think people are getting tired of corporations owning everything we consume and wear and eat and... I know I really like the idea of getting back to, you know, our grandparents' generation where you went to the mom and pop butcher shop and you paid what meat really costs. You know, we like, we're, everything now is undervalued and we pay too little for it and somebody's paying that price. It's not us maybe this time around, but um, I really like the idea of, of supporting real people and not corporations when we're when we're voting with our dollars you know when when you come and buy a bottle from Seattle distilling it means that our family gets to continue to buy grain from a farmer who gets to continue to hire farm hands and uh, you know our bottles are made in the United States meaning that people here in our country are getting paid a living wage to make bottles that cost a little bit more but we're willing to pay all those little differences because there is a human being who's gonna pay that price in the end if we don't <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <That's what she laughs> <said>. <laughs> that's really good so well, we'll see. So talked about your background a little bit as far as you know, like you've been distilling water for a long time <laughs> as a family. 
So and then the laws are relaxing. So like, what what then tip the scales from barge ideas to like, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm I'm gonna distill a alcohol little, legally. A little bit of serendipity really made this happen, and it this island is a little bit magical. Um, we had been talking about starting a distillery, and we were like. We were thinking pretty small scale, you know, not something that was going to help us quit the day jobs for sure. Um, But Paco knew he knew how to make really good spirits. So we knew we had that. We had that ability. Um, And we were kind of figuring out, well, how do you deal with the licensing? And we didn't know how to make a business plan. And like a lot of that felt pretty overwhelming. Um, And then I was looking at the roster of our co-op preschool as um, school was about to start, and I was like, hey, there's a new family joining the school, and his email is eshawn at Seattle Distilling. And we were both like, what? Who? Huh? <laughs> and Papa was like, dang it, he's doing it. We went to the website, and there are these beautiful German stills, and we were like, ah. Oh. We were like so excited and sort of a little crestfallen, uh-huh. and we were like, we got to meet these two. Um, so three days later... In Vashon style, I meet Amanda, Ishan's wife, at a gluten-free baking club. <laughs> because, of course, I did. Because um, Vashon. <laughs> yes. And I was like, hey, you're Amanda. We're dying to meet you. We're starting a distillery, and you guys are starting a distillery. And I said, your stills are so beautiful. And she said, oh, that's just a placeholder. She said, that's just stock photography. She says, we have a really... <laughs> I was like, oh. She goes, we have a great business plan. My husband's a really good brewer and a good engineer and a good builder. But we really don't have a lot of distilling experience. So we're kind of on the search for a master distiller. And I said, I think I have someone you should meet. So Paco and Ishan got together and they instantly realized they had two pieces of this puzzle and bringing it together they could be a whole and together they designed and built the equipment and designed and launched the business and we couldn't have gotten here without them now ishan has moved on to bigger and better great things in this world in the last few months um, but we're super grateful that he was part of the founding of this because i don't think we would be here i know we wouldn't be here today without his expertise and an input. And then we also had a third partner for a short time who did our design work, the amazing artist, David Waterworth, our neighbor and great friend um, who came and did some work for us. And then when that design work was done, he moved on to designing awesome things. Um, it's been a real collaboration and it is kind of fun now that it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely, gives us a lot of flexibility, um, though I, I do miss those naysaying voices or, you know, the differing opinions yeah. are really valuable to too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have to argue with each other as often as we can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs>